0: Hey guys, Montel here and welcome to this edition of Free Thinking with Montel. You know, as we all are hunkered down and trying to get through this craziness of a period of time in the world, you know, it is really crazy to me that there's not a lot more discussion Happening around the world about what may be the next pending pandemic. And that next pandemic is going to be a pandemic of mental health issues that arise after we get out of the pandemic of COVID. I mean, you know, there have been people who have been who stayed home, like myself, stayed inside and indoors for now almost a year, really limiting my social interaction with a lot of other people. And found myself You know, locked in front of a a television that only dispenses, you know, the worst of what we are as humanity. Um, You know, every given day, there's, you know, hour after hour after hour after hour of just depressing, crazy information. Like right now, you look at the news and, you know, uh, part of the news segment is about the fact that, you know, there's outbreaks of COVID in areas of the world where we have billions of people who are living. And millions of people are being diagnosed on a daily basis with COVID. You know, hundreds of thousands of people are dying. And, you know, who knows where this may end up if it shifts back from India to China, then back from China to India, then the rest of Malaysia. You know, this is something that's not going to go away that quickly. And then we look at the attitudes here in America, of people who feel as if, you know, There's a government conspiracy behind trying to keep you safe by asking you to do just something simple as get a vaccine to help protect not only you, but your family or neighbors. And people are so on edge and so ready to go to battle over every single issue that's facing this country today. We don't even want to talk about the issues that are happening from a social standpoint and whether or not we can figure out whether or not we can be an inclusive nation or not. I mean, or whether or not we want to be inclusive. When I say inclusive, I mean inclusive in any way, shape, or form, from racially to uh, people's you know, sexual preferences to you know people's social, uh, economic, demographic. We are living in a time where I, I I have often said, and I feel, you know, maybe I'm not that person who thinks that the glass is half empty, but a person who thinks that the glass is more half full. I still feel that there are so many people out here who are just looking for an opportunity to be as angry as they possibly can be. And this is all going to boil over into us as a society as we try to move forward. Everybody's asking and looking for, you know, we want to get back to normalcy. Well, our back to normalcy will be back to hate or back to anger, back to, you know, I mean, I turned on the news yesterday and I see a guy walking down the street in New York City with a hammer who just decides to take it out on two women walking in front of them just because they happen to be aging. Come on. Every time you look at the news, there's something disgusting there that if you are even slightly human, it, I can understand why it can send you into that spiral of depression. But it's good to know that there are some people that are out there that are working very, very hard to see if they can help us all and help us understand that we need to pay attention to our mental health and how we feel on a daily basis. And our guest today is a board certified professional counselor with over 10 years of experience, a mental health consultant and owner of Be Inspired Counseling and Consulting in Alexandria, Louisiana. The Inspired Counseling and Consulting was created out of the passion to help individuals, children, and families by inspiring hope for change. The team of counselors has over 30 years of combined experience. She's a mental health advocate and a community leader who spearheads her local community counselors chapter of the Louisiana Counselors Association. She regularly appears as a guest on podcasts and other media outlets to discuss the importance of mental well-being, connections, relationships, and fostering community. She's passionate about inspiring hope for change through counseling, consulting, and speaking to help individuals of all ages move forward and live fully. Christy Penison, welcome and thank you so much for joining us on Free Thinking today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and really to talk about this topic that is really something that is affecting us all. And I don't think anyone is immune to some of the effects that this year has brought.
0: And when you say this year, we're talking this year at all. I mean, everything about this year, everything from COVID to, you know, all the demonstrations of last summer to all the demonstrations or the demonstration on January 6th to, you know, just, it seems as if we are literally in a spiral headed into an abyss right now. And that's as a society, but individually, I can't but think that all these people with this much anger are dealing with so much pain inside themselves that they just need to have an outlet. So they'll pick anything that's an outlet for them. Right.
1: Anything. Well, and I think that's when you know that there's an undercurrent and that there's something even greater that's going on than just the pandemic, which has been, you know, really hard for everybody, but that there's this, there's this undercurrent of how this is taking a toll on people's emotional and mental well-being and how they're just becoming more reactive. I mean, I was just actually standing in line um, to get some food at a a place. And I remember the person in front of me was kind of arguing with the person behind the counter. and, And I was kind of listening to their conversation. I'm like, well, where is this coming from? But I think it's coming from a place where people have just been afraid in a lot of different ways. They've been overwhelmed. There's been a lot of uncertainty. And with all that uncertainty, if you're not aware of that, then you start to react. And part of it is a survival thing, like we're just trying to get through the next day. But then sometimes if we're not aware of where this stuff is coming from, then it, we can really start to manifest in other ways in our lives that we don't even realize from like anger or irritability and and then we just direct that onto people that you know, are struggling just like we are, but we just don't know how to really manage that and move forward. So, Well,
0: let's back up for a second. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself first? I mean, can you tell us why why did you decide to become a counselor to begin with?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's been an interesting journey, Montel. I didn't wake up one day and say, you know, I want to be a counselor. But actually, after I got done with my undergraduate, I had the opportunity to work as a child forensic interviewer at a children's advocacy center And really what child forensic interview does is they um, create a safe place for children to be able to tell their stories. And a lot of times the children are coming in because there's been some allegation of abuse or neglect or something of that nature. And so I would sit across the room from these children as I would help them tell their stories about maybe something traumatic that had happened to them. And then my job was really to gather information in a way that made them feel comfortable. But then I'd have to kind of Let them leave out with not knowing if they're going to be able to have help to be able to process it, even though we did have resources available for them. And so I just kind of felt like I was at a place where I really felt like I needed to do something more than just be able to allow them a space to tell their story. I really wanted to have an opportunity to help them figure out how to not let this traumatic event that may have happened to them define the rest of their life. And so that led me into counseling, and it's been an adventure over the past decade of just kind of being able to hear people's stories, meet them where they are, and then help them find ways to navigate whatever they're going through to find a path forward.
0: Have you noticed that, again, I mean, I I understand, maybe I'm just um, asking a rhetorical question, but have you noticed that we've been hearing that spousal abuse has gone up during this pandemic? Has child abuse gone up during this pandemic also?
1: You know, I'm not really aware, but I think that whenever you have people under a lot of distress or stress and overwhelm, then you start and they don't have appropriate ways to let that out or they don't know how to let that out, then it comes out somewhere. I once heard, you know, whatever we we don't get out, it, it's going to come out in some way. And so I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't looked at any of the um, research or statistics that are coming out, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know, abuse has gone up in all areas of, of life. And, and just because you do see people that when people get scared, they do a few things. They, we've heard about it. They either fight, flight or freeze, you know. And so sometimes when that fight comes out, then it comes out on people um, and sometimes the most vulnerable people. And that's sometimes our children or other people that, you know, really don't have the opportunity to really stand up for themselves in those kind of situations.
0: Gotcha. And I mean, uh, you, you started Be Inspired and it's a counseling center. Now tell me a little bit about Be Inspired and why did you start the center?
1: Yeah, well, I was actually living in a different city and I just came home one weekend and was visiting some family and friends. And I realized that there really, there was mental health services here, but we still did not have enough mental services. And I think Well, this is anywhere that sometimes we don't have enough services to really meet the needs of the people in the community. And and so I knew this was a place that kind of where my roots came from. And I just said I woke up really it was a light bulb moment one day and said, you know, what if I was to move back here and start a counseling practice? And I had never thought that this would be something I could even do, Montel, to be quite honest with you, um, in my own self. Um, But I said, I feel like this is something I'm supposed to do. And so within a matter of three months, I um, packed up, moved back and started in an office by myself and just um, trying to find ways to help people in whatever way I can. And now a few years later, it's grown to where we have multiple other therapists that work with me. And I really feel like that we're really helping our community through this time, um, especially in this past year.
0: And you know, talk to me a little bit about, you know, again, especially in this past year, I mean, you know, maybe maybe you could talk to me a little bit about some of the patients or some of the clients that you see and what are some of the difficulties, the, the the typical difficulties that you address with them?
1: Yeah, well, I'm fortunate to really be connected with a lot of therapists all over the country. And so I've really been able to hear not only with my experiences with the people that I see, but then also their experiences, too. And a lot of it is overwhelm. I mean, I'm starting to see, especially in our teen population, depressive depression that's kind of been on the rise. And I think that's maybe from the isolation and the changes where they're not getting to socialize as much as they used to. Um, In children, we're seeing a lot of behaviors that maybe weren't typical of them. So maybe they are um, lashing out or angry and parents are not knowing how to manage that. In our couples, I have seen a lot of couples that this pandemic has been very hard on them because they've gotten to a place where you know whether they were having to stay at home or maybe the financial stress of someone losing a job or just the different changes that this year has brought. That's a lot of couples have had a hard time navigating that, and so I have seen some um, some come out of it where there's even been a few more divorces than I maybe have seen in the past, and and just I think. It's just a simple, it's just kind of a reaction of all this stress that we've been having. So I have seen people that are also dealing with a lot of grief because they've had a lot of loss, whether it be a loss of um, people in their life that they love, that they've lost due to covid or even loss just due to things that happened, you know, in normal in normal life. But um, so the, a lot of the things that I'm seeing are just coming out of a place of overwhelm and, uh, and loss in a lot of ways.
0: Well, you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of people who will who be tuning in to this podcast who li- literally are sitting at home and they're alone and they don't even recognize that they have been spiraling themselves into a depression. Or they don't even recognize that they are depressed themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, how about some tips, some things that you could think of that would make a person, number one, self-reflect? Because I think that's part of what the problem is, that a lot of people, you know, just ignore the symptoms or ignore the signs of depression within themselves until they lash out at somebody and bounces right back in their face. Uh, Maybe give some tips about how you can identify in, you know, your own introspective self level of where you are and then how maybe we can, some tips to how people can lift their moods. I mean, I I have a lot of things that I've talked about, but um, I would love to hear from yours
1: yeah well, I think you just started out with a tip that I would definitely give, and that is taking a moment of reflection and and really reflecting on how this past year has been for you and look everybody, although we've went through the same collective things together in a lot of ways it, it's, it's everybody's experience is very different in how this year has affected them and so I think starting just by reflecting and asking yourself like, what are the hard things thats that I've gone through this year, like how how do I feel? Do I feel happy? How are my relationships? If I'm looking let around. Do.
0: Let me let me stop you just one second because one of the things that's so important that I think that people need to understand, especially if they're listening right now, is that what Christy is saying is ask yourself that question. I often say to people, you know, we have gotten so caught up in this society thinking that if you speak to yourself or you talk to yourself, and you're crazy. You're your best friend, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I oftentimes will just, you know, when I'm in the mirror, you know, brushing my teeth, I'll look in my own eyes and ask myself a question. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not crazy. I, I, and I'd I like to hear what I have to say about what I just asked, you know? So what you're saying is you should stop and ask yourself, how has this impacted me, right?
1: Yes, you should talk to yourself. And I tell people, just like you said, You are the longest relationship that you'll ever be in. You know, you are with yourself the whole whole lifespan. And so I think we have to get we have to get really good about just trying to ask ourselves and being honest with ourselves. Because a lot of times it is scary to be honest with yourself if you're not doing well. You know, I live in the South. And so our common thing is to walk down the street and say, hey, how are you doing? And the natural response is, oh, I'm doing really great or I'm doing well. But the truth is, sometimes we're not doing well. And so when we're not doing well, we have to be able to be brave enough to be honest to say, I'm not doing okay. And a lot of times we know we're not doing okay when we start to see how it's affecting our life. So if we're having issues at work where we're all all the time getting into conflict with coworkers, or we are not taking care of ourselves like we should, or a lot of our relationships are just falling apart, then that's probably some indications that you're not okay. And I mean, with depression, if you're lose an interest in things that you used to enjoy or you just find that you don't have any motivation to do some of the things that used to come easily to you and you feel like you're just always in a not a good headspace, then we have to be willing to be brave enough to ask ourselves, how am I really doing and not try to just give the the generic automatic answer of, oh, I'm doing good or I'm doing fine. But how are you?
0: i also think that you know we need to stop and remember if we ask we have the nerve to ask the question how are you doing you should be standing by to hear the answer i think that's yeah. why a lot of times a lot of people aren't willing to give an answer you know you people will walk by you in the morning and say hey how you doing this morning and turn their face away and keep on walking Did, why do you care do you care if you really mm-hmm. care say, no i'm not doing that great today would you listen for a minute maybe you know as a friend to or a family member you know, you pick up the phone and you make a call and call into somebody, you should say, Hey, how you doing? If they say, Mom, you know, I'm okay. No, how are you doing? Really ask the question and be prepared to give some counsel, right? Because that can yes. also lift your own spirits.
1: And you and you don't and you may not even know what to say. I think sometimes people, when they are sitting there and they hear a, a answer they weren't expecting, um, they don't know always how to react. But I think if you just take the time to just listen, that goes such a long way for somebody who is really struggling. And you may be the first person where they actually are talking about how they're really doing. And by you listening, that may even help them be able to take other additional steps to get the help that they need. But you're right. I think we have to be willing to not only be honest with ourselves, but to be honest with other people. And then as we're that other person on the other end of the thing, sometimes being able to just listen and say like, man, that must be really hard. Or, you know what, that really sucks that, 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 that you're going through that. Like I can, imma- I can only imagine how that must feel for you and really just being able to take the time. And I think goes a long way. So I'm glad that you brought that up Montel, because I think a lot of times we, we don't like uncomfortable answers. So when someone says, Hey, I'm not doing good. We're like, Ooh, I don't know how to, to deal yeah, with that. Okay. Just listening is, you don't even have to say anything, just listen and be there and then kind of empathize and say, you know, that, that must be really hard. You know, how, is there anything that I can do to help? And sometimes the listening is all the help that they need sometimes.
0: And I'll uh, back you up on that because I know recently I had a conversation with a friend of mine who literally just needed a board. just needed that. He, he came up with his own answers to his own, It happened to be a, a doctor friend of mine who literally was faced with, you know, something tough that was going on in his job. And now, you know, here's a professional who, you know, doesn't think he needs to have a professional help him. But so, you know, we were talking and I sensed an answer when I said, how you doing, man? I was like, everything's OK. Yeah, it's all right. I got a couple of little rough spots, but I'm going to get through them. I was like, rough spots and what? And he said, well, you know, work is kind of weird. i like, really, what's going on? And he said, he told me what was happening. And I said, oh, dude, come on, man. I mean, you know, so what would you do? What? How are you going to deal with this? And I literally just asked him questions that helped him figure out his own strategy. And then when the conversation was coming to an end, he said, you know, dude, I can't thank you enough for that, man. Because, I, you know, I've been sitting here beating myself up about this for the last couple of weeks and never really took the time to talk it through. And I said, well, you recognize you didn't talk it through with me. You talked it through with yourself. And he laughed and said, yeah, you know, you're right. And I said, well, you know, take the time to do that every now and then. So it's good that you you kind of uh, you know, acknowledge that. And I, I think that's probably part of what the roughest part about this whole COVID craziness has been. You know, uh, people are afraid to say to their friends that I'm afraid. I'm afraid if I walk outside, I might get this. So they put on this fake facade about, I'm not going to wear a mask because I, I ain't worried about it. Yeah, they really are <laughs> worried about it. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be so adamantly against it. And they think, it, you know, I think you've had a lot of people have been shocked to find out that, you know, they had what they thought was a mild case of COVID, but now it's stressed into this, you know, long haulers COVID, which is really even more crazy. And that's something that we're going to be facing as a country for the next five to 10 years. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, what, what your friend is, sometimes we just got to you somehow you just have to ask the question. So if you feel like there's something underneath that, ask that question of like, I don't know, it sounds like there's something else going on here. And that and a lot of times that's just what people need is to be able to have a sounding board to talk about it and to and to be vulnerable enough to say, yeah, I mean, this is hard. Because I think if you say that, and you're brave enough to say, like, I may not be great right now, then it also gives permission for other people to be like, you know what, I I felt the same way. And that's one thing I'll be honest with you as a counselor. One thing I wish people would know is, you know, I see people on an individual basis a lot of times, but what they're going through it may be unique to them, but somebody else is is struggling in the same area. And so, a lot of times when we're isolated, we feel like it's only happening to us. But a lot of times when we're able to talk about it, then not only can we sometimes gain a different perspective, like you said, you ask questions, and he he figured out a solution to help him move forward. Sometimes it's being able to just to talk it out really allows us to realize too that maybe we're not as alone in our thinking that we think we are, or maybe the way that we're thinking isn't just hundred percent terrible. Somebody else is thinking the same thing.
0: What can we be doing right now as a community, you know, as I look at America, but I mean, as a nation, as a community to recognize the fact that so many of us are hurting and to maybe, you know, I I almost feel like we need to have spark some national, you know, movement of people just going around every day saying, how you doing? I don't, I don't know. Just something to get us as a nation to recognize the fact that there are so many of us that are hurting that need the support of others to get us all through this.
1: What do you, yeah. think do? you know, I think there's a lot. Of, I think we can talk about it like we're doing right now. So we bring the topic to the forefront and we talk about it because I think when we, we talk about things, then it does help increase awareness for other people. So I think in our communities, one thing is to be able to talk about it, to talk about, hey, that these are some of the things that people are facing right now and what can we do to help? But I think in community, it it starts in even your own neighborhood. So the people next to you, the people that you interact with a daily basis, like the, the best thing that we can do is kind of like you said, I really liked your idea is just say, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing and what do you need? And I know that not all of us can give right now. So you have to be careful of identifying where you're at in your own, you know, abilities to be able to give. But sometimes somebody just needs some help. And I found that often when people are struggling, even with their own things, when they're able to help somebody else, that often helps them shift not only their perspective, but it helps them shift their mood because they feel like they are contributing. And so one of the beautiful things that I have seen out out of this pandemic is I have seen the ways that communities have come together to be able to help each other. And here down in the South, we had a lot of um, hurricanes last year. And just to see even in the midst of that, people come together and be able to support their neighbors and help out in whatever way they can, really, I think, goes a long way. And so when we're talking about mental health, I think we look at it the same way and say, how can we provide and make spaces for people to come and just be able to talk about how things have been? And, and talk about how we can support them in moving forward. Because I think when we're honest and open and vulnerable, then it really allows other people to do the same. And I think that is what is going to help us heal. Because I think about the analogy of like an open wound. If I had an open wound on my arm and I never acknowledged that it was there, then it could actually get worse over time, right? Because I'm just ignoring it. I'm not taking care of it. But when I acknowledge that it's there, I may try to put something on it to help it heal, or I may go to a doctor that may help me figure out how to fix the wound, right, and help it help it heal, then it can heal properly. But if we don't bring awareness to it, then it's never, it, it could even get worse. It's not going to necessarily heal the way that it could. And so I think the first step to healing, which we've had a lot of loss and hurt in this past year and fear is to be able to acknowledge that it's there and then figure out what are some ways that we can support each other as we move forward. And so I think I like your idea, Montel, about just saying, hey, how are you doing and starting an initiative that just asks.
0: But, you know, here's what I find crazy, Christy, is that it's like right now you look at the, the state of America when it comes to race relations. You know, this has been a festering wound on the arm of this nation for the last 400 years. Mm-hmm. And we've had every 20 to 30 years, one group tries to deny that there's even a wound. And until we acknowledge that the wound exists, it is festered now, turned on septic and for society. And we've gotten to a point that you can't even walk up to a doctor and say that big scratch on, the, on half of the country is bleeding. And the doctor's going to say, no, it's not bleeding. I mean, I, I just don't understand how do we finally recognize the value of each other enough to be able to say we want to move forward. I mean, it's so crazy to me that we as a society don't even acknowledge the fact that it took all of us to get to where we are today. It's going to take all of us to get to where we want to go to. And if all of us don't get together to do that, we will be under the leadership of somebody else. So right. How do, I, I mean, how do you I mean, I, 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 that's one question. But then the other question is like, OK. There are facts. There's a fact. When we came up with the vaccine for polio, we ended a scourge of, you know, physical deformation of mankind, uh, though, you know, there are a few cases of polio every year for the last hundred years, but those cases are very far and few between and mostly in third world countries and isolated populations in those third world countries. But the vaccine worked. We did the same thing for you know um, mumps and for measles and for all these other insidious diseases. We ended scourges. Now we're looking at a scourge that could be around for another hundred years. This COVID thing is now no joke. I mean, I think, but yet we have people who won't even have a conversation about the reality of science.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm torn as to is that is that a deep-rooted psychological problem within the person who wants to deny the truth? Is that a deep-rooted psychological problem within a person who just wants to be able to, or, or are people just mad because somebody's telling them what to do? Where is this coming from, do you think?
1: Well, I think it comes, we all, from the very beginning, and I I like how you said one of the things is, is if one person doesn't acknowledge the wound and you go to get help and that person's denying the fact that it's there, then it almost, it prevents things from being able to move forward. So I think the biggest thing is you have to have a collective acknowledgement that this is an issue, right? And there are going to be some people that will still never acknowledge what's actually in front of them. And I think this comes from belief systems. So from the time we get here, we are typically, if we're we getting into a family system or wherever, whoever you grow up around, right? And whatever community that you live in, and you start to develop these beliefs about yourself and the world around you. And then these beliefs manifest in your way you think about things and how you feel and then how you act in your life. And so I think what we're talking about here which is hard, is a belief issue. And people have to be able to say, is this, be able to be aware of themselves and say, are these beliefs ones that are actually true? Because I don't know about you, but I've encountered tons of people that they have belief systems that seem very real to them. Their belief about themselves or their people around them or the world. I mean, they will they will stake their life on it. like They believe it that much. But they don't give themselves ability to remain open to the fact that maybe that belief was grounded in something that wasn't true. Maybe that belief was given them given to them by their parents and maybe that belief is no longer valid. And so I think we have partially an individualistic community, you know, culturally, whatever belief issue where we have to say, I I can have what I believe, but I have to also be open that there may other be other beliefs that are just as valid.
0: And I mean, then how do you get them to recognize that there's a difference between something that you believe? Uh, Let's put it this way. I mean, you know, if there's a pot on the stove and the water is boiling. You can believe all you want, but if you put your hand in there, you're not going to get burned. Mm-hmm. that's bullshit, because the truth of the matter is science will prove you, you put your hand in that boiling pot of water, you are going to come away with an injury. Mm-hmm. There, there is fact, there is scientific truth, and then there is what you believe, mm-hmm. maybe what you believe to be true, even if it might not be a correct thing. How do you get a person to stop in their tracks for a second and say, "Hmm." You know what? (laughs) Maybe I'm not that I'm wrong, but okay, I believe this my whole life. But then if I put my hand in that boiling water, I'm going to get burned. I Mm -hmm. I just don't get how you get. I I just I don't understand how people can live in the world of, you know, uh, uh, misbelief this way.
1: Yeah. Well, you just said it, though. The way that they challenge their belief is through experience. So I have to be brave enough to challenge my belief, to stick my hand in that water. Well, then if I experience that my hand is now, you know, <laughs> is it's burnt, right? Then that may actually help me start to question my belief systems. So what that means is that you have to be willing to put yourself in situations and to give yourself experiences to help you challenge some of that because there can be facts, but Your experience will then help you figure out, well, maybe that's something that I should let go of. Maybe that belief is no longer serving me. Maybe that belief is actually hurting me and hurting the people next to me, you know, but it's, you have to have that experience and you have to be able to, and I say even call it, you could call it experiment, you know, but kind of like experiment. If you stuck your hand in that water, you'd realize real quick, that belief is not true. But I think that part of it is you have to be able to give yourself the opportunity to at least say, could there be a different side to this? And am I willing to listen and maybe having a different experience? And that's what i found is that when people have different experiences, just like this year, people might've had some really beliefs that were pretty strong. And then they went through this year and they're like, oh wait, maybe the ground is not um, as stable as I thought it was. Maybe things can happen unexpectedly. And then that 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 experience changes things and it changes people. And I think we just have to be open and we're try to remain open, but that comes through being, I think, intentional too. You can't just say, I'm gonna live in my box and things are gonna change. That that's not gonna happen.
0: Well now, people have been living in their boxes now for a year and mm-hmm. you know there are some who are now how, how do you get a person to help a person get over the fear of going back to reconnect? I mean, you know, there are friendships that are lost now, but people haven't kept in touch with others. And, you know, that may be all the way around. It's not one person's fault or another person's fault. It's just they got caught up in being isolated, that they haven't stayed in touch with people that they should have stayed in touch with. What kind of advice would you give a person to help them, you know, go back to the living, you know, get back to rekindling friendships and going back to taking that step out that front door?
1: Yeah, well, I think it goes back to questioning yourself again. So, what is it that I'm worried about? I tell people all the time, you have to identify what is it that you're really afraid of. And and don't get me wrong, a lot of the fears that people have have some validity to them, right? I mean, we it's been a crazy year, so you have to really ask yourself, what am I what am I afraid of? So, is it afraid? Am I afraid of COVID? Is it I'm afraid of um, maybe not knowing how to interact with people? Cause I haven't talked to them in so long. I mean, that's a fear. So what are you worried about? And then you kind of almost have to play. Um, I, I kind of call judge a jury prosecutor, whatever. What, it, how do you know that this, this worry will come true? And how do you know, maybe it won't. And you have to almost get the evidence that maybe will support it. That maybe, maybe, I maybe I should step past this fear. So so the fear could be, hey, I don't necessarily want to re-enter the world because I'm afraid of getting sick, which is a vert- valid concern. And then you have to go to yourself, well, have I gotten sick yet? Well, maybe no, because I've been isolated. You know, is there people that I know that I've gotten? Is there ways that I can, is there things that I can do to protect myself to be able to re-engage in the world? Yes. Is there things I can ask of these people to help me feel more safe? Yes. And so then you kind of just take a step and say, well, maybe my first step is, that I just want to go visit my friend and I'm going to call her up and see if we can sit a long distance away from each other outside somewhere or maybe we can go on something like a walk or so I think part of it is just taking small steps but you have to take a step because if not then the fear will consume you and it will keep you isolated and so I think part of it is being able to really get clear on what you're worried about and how to show that there may be some evidence against that that fear may not actually come To existence, because a lot of times our thoughts are just assumptions about what could possibly happen. But sometimes that could possibly happen may not happen. And so we have to figure out how do we take courage and be brave? And it does require a lot of bravery if you've been isolated for a whole year. And there are people that have real concerns that you have to be able to be considered about. But how can I do this in a way and start to re engage in the world around me? Because we need connection just as much as we need the. Water and the the food that we eat. We need human connection. We weren't dropped off on an island, so I always think of Tom Hanks and Castaway. You know, mm-hmm. even him, he was isolated and he made Wilson because he needed <laughs> somebody to talk to. You know,
0: yeah, absolutely, um, Wilson. So just take a step. Yeah, and, and, and I, I really I agree with you 100 with that. Um, I think people are just too cautious right now to take the first step. But when you're getting inundated with, I mean, how about some tools on how people can navigate this, you know, fire hose of information that's coming at them over COVID that causes some of the fear? I mean, you know, again, if you look at the news today, we we, we know that, you know, uh, there are millions of people coming down with COVID in India. That's a festering cauldron for a virus to mutate to turn into something else. And, you know, what people don't want to seem to understand is that. we I don't don't know how they, they, they think of a virus as being like a little drop of water. A virus is a living, breathing organism. That is one purpose in its entire existence is to survive and it survives by mutating and it survives by finding a host it can mutate in. So. I'm just wondering, how do you, uh, you know, I, I I know what I do is I try my best to, you know, I'm a voracious reader and I like to, you know, if somebody says X, then I'm going to read A to X in the book to figure out how they got to X. But mm-hmm. a lot of people don't do that. They just accept X and move on. And that X may just put them in a state of total fear. How do you navigate staying informed from keep yourself from staying afraid?
1: Yeah, I think you just have to really try to limit the amount of time that you spend. Um, So it's, it's important to stay informed. I think that's one of the beautiful things that we have now with even the internet and, you know, TV, you can, you can stay informed about things that are even going on in India, right? That you may not be aware of um, in other situations, but I think it, part of it is, is, is making sure that you're limiting it. So if you are watching it throughout the whole day and you start to realize, man, I'm getting I'm getting feeling anxious just watching this. I'm getting angry just watching this. I'm getting sad just watching this. Then that's a good indication that maybe you should limit some of the time that you are spending consuming that information. And I'm like you too, Montel. Like if I if I have something that somebody tells me about, I just want to dive deep all into it and get all the different perspectives and really get some information on it. And so I think although that can be really good, if you start to feel yourself just feeling overwhelmed and starting to maybe even turn to like kind of to where, oh, man, the whole world is just gone to the gone to the wasteland like it's just it's just terrible. Then that is when you need to pull back and limit yourself and be able to do things that help you also connect to the reality that, you know, the trees. I mean, it's spring right now. The trees are still blooming. They don't realize that there's you know, this whole pandemic that has went on, like the seasons are still moving and there's still a lot of things that you can appreciate about what's going on right now. But it's just being able to get yourself and disconnect from, I think, technology sometimes is very helpful. I mean, technology is one of the coolest things ever because we can learn anything, anywhere, anytime. But sometimes we need to reconnect with just, hey, it's a beautiful day outside. I'm going to go walk. Oh, look, when I'm walking, every the world doesn't seem like it's so bad right now, you know, depending on where you're walking at. And I think that part of it is just allowing yourself that time to figure out what you're feeding into your mind, because you can be informed. But if you're always feeding fear and always feeding those things that, that make you feel that way, then that's what's going to consume you. And so I think it's also important to balance that out by if you're staying informed, also listen to maybe some motivational podcast or something that is helping you learn something, um, or helping you reshift your focus, because there's a lot of things we can't control. But I think part of it is helping us focus our mind on what we can. So I may not can control what's happening across the world, but I maybe can control, you know, what I'm doing on a daily basis. Like, am I still getting some exercise? Am I still trying to get enough sleep? Am I still connecting with other individuals? Am I still putting things in my mind that's going to help me learn and grow? Um, Those are all things we can control. And so I think a lot of times for people, the key is to not only just limit that, but to be able to focus on what you can control. Because if you focus on what you can't, then it can become very overwhelming and it can seem very hopeless. And so that would be my recommendation on on ways to kind of stay informed, but to to limit it if you start to notice that it's starting to make you uh, more fearful or sad or anxious. And that becomes
0: overwhelming. With a lot of people now having to work from home, you know, I mean, and that's what we've been doing now for the last year. And some of these jobs will never go back to an office space. They will stay at home. How do you maybe give some tips to people on how they can make sure that their work from home doesn't interfere with their relationships at home? Because, you know, it's like a lot of people, you know, I'll do podcasts with people and their kids are running around in the background you know and i feel bad cuz i feel like i've just you know interrupted their house setting but at the same time they also are looking for an opportunity to do their work and their work is being interviewed and um you know I help give me is there any advice that you have for people who are stuck in that quandary where they literally have to work from home and use a computer but how do they make sure that they balance out their life with their family so that that doesn't become an, an interfering part of their their relationship. Right. Well, I
1: think it goes down to just a few things. Number one, it goes, you know, we are creatures of habit, whether we realize it or not. Sometimes our habits are not good. Sometimes they are good. Um, But I think just like you would in a, in a traditional work setting where you would go to an office or you'd go somewhere, I think creating some sort of routine can often help you feel like there's some predictability in this unpredictable world right now. So I think whether that be, hey, in the morning, um, I'm going to spend this time with my kids or I'm going to spend breakfast eating with my husband or my significant other or whoever is in my family and that I'm trying to work and live with. But then also being able to set some boundaries of, um, I know when this pandemic first start, um, I was at home with my daughter and one of the things that we kind of had a rule about, now she's older, she's 12. Is I said, if mom goes in the hole, right, which was that I go into the office and I shut the door, then that means like it's probably a private conversation and therapy session going on. So, you know, remain remain outside unless there's an emergency. Right. So we created that boundary. But when there was times where I could do work and she could still come in and out, then I'd open the door and it would be more fluid. But it was creating that boundary of like, OK, this is the time when I'm doing this. And here's the time where everything else is okay. So I think part of it is I know not everybody has that ability to have a separate workspace in the midst of their home. But even kind of creating some general boundaries or rules, I think our expectations is going to help the whole whole family system, whoever's in the home as well, be able to know, okay, this at this point in time, they need to focus on this. This is what they're doing at this time. It's okay to do this. And I think also just drawing clear lines of when you're working and when you're not um, and maybe even developing some transition time. So, like, let's say that your work day is ending at a certain period of time. Well, maybe then you can go change your clothes just like you would if you were coming home and doing something like that. That'll like get you and switch in a different mindset of, OK, now, um, even though I'm still at home, I'm at home and now I'm switching into this different role. And then being able to make sure that you're being intentional about spending time in the relationships that are important to you. And what does that look like? Because I know, too, if you really love to work, (laughs) I've been guilty of this. Sometimes the work and home can just really start to intermingle and I can work a lot longer than maybe I initially intended to. So creating some boundaries and then honoring those boundaries to say, like, if I'm going to get done at around this time. This is the time I'm going to stop and I'm going to switch over and I'm going to try to be present with the people that I'm, you know, living with. And I think even there are some people that are working from home and they live alone. And so even for those people, it's how can you set some parameters for yourself at this time? That's when you're going to cut off and maybe you'll go outside and do some exercise or maybe you'll do something that you enjoy, like reading or just making sure that you develop some kind of routine and setting those boundaries and then communicating what you need to the people around you, I think can go a long way.
0: Absolutely. We're almost out of time, but if there's a, you know, again, we're, I think getting ready to face the pandemic that we've never thought about. And the pandemic will be one of mental health. I really believe that. I think that, you know, the, you know, we've seen the suicide rate over the course of the last year, go up and go up in multiple demographics. We've seen, you know, um, the the anxiety of of an, an anxiousness among people in settings all over the country, whether it be restaurants, stores, streets, it's going up. I mean, the anxiety levels are through the roof. What's that one thing that you could maybe share with all of us to say, you know, they play your part in keeping us all better emotionally?
1: Yeah, I think it's knowing when to ask for help and when when do you need to ask for help because i think that a lot of times we we're in a very independent individualistic culture so it's like pull yourself up by your bootstraps keep going truck along but i think there are times when we have to acknowledge when we need help and so i think if you're the person that is is noticing some real shifts in your life and you're struggling like I know it's really hard to be able to ask somebody, can you please help me? Or I don't even know where to start to find help, but I know that I'm struggling. Um, Ask for help when you, when you need it is the first thing. And then I think for, for the other people is to be able to make sure you're asking people how they're doing and how they are and how has this year been for them. And don't be afraid to be vulnerable and lead the conversation and say that it's been hard because a lot of times when you're vulnerable, And the other person says, oh, well, maybe it's safe to share here. So I think checking on the people that are in your life that maybe you haven't heard from in a while, being that person that asks the question, how are you doing and tell me the truth, but then also encouraging them or asking for help if you need it to to get the help that you need. Because, you know, one of the things that i found is that we can do so much more together than we can ever do by ourselves. And I think that when we are able to ask for help from the people around us, it may be hard, but it helps us be able to figure it out and find a way forward.
0: Great. Well, Christy, if uh, somebody wanted to reach out to you and, and uh, get some information, where would they go?
1: Yeah, you can definitely you can find me at either christypennison.com, where you can find ways to contact me there, or beinspiredcc.com, which is the counseling practice website
0: and you do do i'm sure that you do do virtual counseling
1: right virtual counseling i can counsel anyone that's in the state of louisiana but i always tell people to reach out to because um luckily i am in a network of counselors all throughout the country and so if you're like struggling and you're like i don't even know where to start definitely reach out and we'll try to figure out who to connect you with if you're not residing there
0: and one more time on our website
1: uh, it's either christypenison.com or beinspiredcc.com.
0: Thanks so much, Christy, for being a part of free Thinking going on today. You better enjoy. Anytime you want to come back, and I'd love to have you back again so we can kind of chop it up a little bit more, and, and maybe, you know, we'll pick a different topic and, and on mental health, and we'll just kick that around so that people can get some good advice, like the advice you've given today.
1: Definitely. Well, and I just appreciate you for – spearheading this conversation and bringing this awareness to this because I think it's it's something that is going to be a, a hard road even forward, but I think it's a road that we can all get through together.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, I want you to make sure you tune in to the next edition of Free Thinking with Montel. Thanks for joining me on our Free Thinking with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear feedback, so please send us your comments. <laughs>